All right, folks, we're back beginning season two of Is There Gay Stuff In It podcast. I'm here with Becca, my uh, trusty sidekick. <laughs> and the two of us have had a couple of weeks, and uh, I think it's been a couple of weeks since I posted the finale of the first season, even though it had kind of been in the can and sitting there for a while. But, you know, life happens. Uh, Becca's got school trouble mm-hmm. and issues and fun and work and uh trying to survive and deciding that i was going to be in school longer because i'm doing study abroad this summer i'm going to london for a month for english you, wait wait a minute this is news to me you didn't even mention this really i didn't know no. i hadn't told you no about three weeks ago i was talking to my favorite professor and she had mentioned that they were doing gothic british literature in london for british study abroad and she and i like talk about like dracula and she was very into carmilla with me and like we talked about all this stuff and so she came to me and she's like i think you should go and i was like i don't know like i don't have a lot of money and blah 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 and i told my grandma and she said hey you should go i'll help you go so then i applied and now i've been accepted so i'll be in london for a month this summer studying about dead people and what they wrote (laughs) two of your favorite things exactly combined actually the professor told me that she would take me on a weekend trip to ireland to see sheridan laffany's gravesite and where his home was because she's been and we've talked about it for the people that don't know fill them in on on who you'll be going to see the gravesite of and why you're stoked about it sheridan laffany is none other than the writer of carmilla the novella which the Carmilla series is based off of. so. And if people don't know, that was written before Dracula. Yes, correct? it was. It was written before Dracula. And it didn't outrightly say, hey, these are queer women. It pretty much just was like, here's all the subtext. They're basically fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like the beginning of subtext. True. That the, les- that the lesbians and the bisexual and the pansexual <laughs> queer people find in, in, well, everything. You and I are experts in finding yeah. it. Which is why we've decided to podcast and talk about it so much. It's because it's everywhere. You just have to look for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we kind of decided that we were going to this week talk about a couple of shows that are near and dear. Well, one of them especially is near and dear to us. The other one is near and far to us sometimes. Like <laughs> sometimes we really, Sometimes we really like American Horror Story. And then some seasons we're like, uh, I, I know I bailed on last season. So I'm not a good TV fan in that aspect of the show i stuck by it just because they were finally giving me lesbian sarah paulson like they gave it to me it wasn't in the way that i wanted it but i got it (laughs) no not at all she was uh uh, oh boy a handful she was weak they made her a weak woman in last season and that made no sense to me because she is not weak like her character didn't read at all to me as if it was the person that we had seen her be for so long in so many other capacities. Well, and the woman that I think she started off being in in American Horror Story Cult isn't what she kind of devolved down into. And then I, I didn't last that long. I was probably five or six episodes into it before. It just, as in some um, Ryan Murphy shows, especially mm-hmm. American Horror Story, things can go over the top. And I think we're expected to go hey, this show is crazy, wacky, really queer, really edgy, really controversial, so you'll stick with it. And I don't think that's the case always with his show, especially 
that season was too far. Let's let's take it back a little bit. Um, the very first season is one of my favorite seasons of television. Um, for like a non, you know, ser- it's a it's an anthology show, so every season is about something different. So it's not like a regular show. So I won't put it in with my other favorite things like Mad Men and Six Feet Under and shows like that. But that first season had Connie Britton in it. It was set in a spooky house. We had fantastic Jessica Lange. Um, it was the story was good even though it got a little bizarre and crazy i was still buying it it still kept me in there was a few moments of it that i was just like i don't see how that works but somehow it did only in this world so like it was a very good like it kept you in the loop it kept you in that life and frame of mind and like you didn't even question what like when the big reveal of who the uh the latex guy is like it you didn't even question it because you were so into that world. Yeah, he basically captured us in that house and stuck us in there mm-hmm. like all of the other characters in it. So season one what was my, and still is, my favorite. I liked Coven season probably next. And uh, Roanoke, I really liked. So those are my three favorite seasons. That's controversial. A lot of people hated Roanoke. Everyone that I tell them that that's my one of my favorite seasons is like oh i hated that and i loved it i thought it was really clever i thought it was a new way to give us the show um i personally my favorite season is freak show because i have from a young age i started reading a series called Cirque du freak by darren shan it's the series of books it's 12 books long and it's about a traveling freak show and this like vampire that turns a little boy and then he like has to figure out what to do with his life but I was always really interested in freak shows so being able to watch that season and kind of get an inside look into more of like it was easier to grasp like it was easier to grasp in a more surface way of showing what a freak show was and I really enjoyed that season for that and a lot of my friends make fun of me because that's my favorite season but like I have a full poster of it in my living room so that one started off and really grabbed me and then like what happens sometimes with these american horror stories is it just for me went crazy it went and i'm i'm not one of those people that can't suspend my disbelief and i am a person who immerses myself in the show so i don't think i don't know sometimes these seasons for me i want to like them and i'll stick with them so that brings me around to this season This season, I found myself I found myself very lost a lot in this one. It's called Apocalypse, and it started off with uh, basically we're into World War Three, mm-hmm. uh, brought on supposedly by Trump and all of the craziness that's going on. So again, mm-hmm. it's a timely show from him, and it started off, and I loved the premise. One of my favorite things in shows is when a group of people are put together in a sealed up, closed situation where they have to (laughs) get along or not and deal with the things that happen to them as i've said before to you that's why i like the season uh the farm season on walking dead so much yep so this began with people in a bunker and we with this series murphy will as he has done you know it's the same kind of uh, actor same actors playing throughout the seasons so i like seeing the familiar faces and see them always be somebody different but this one i was I liked the first one, the first episode, and then I thought, ooh, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't understand what's going on with it. And I was starting to do the thing where I'm like, I think I might not watch this season. And then music kicked in, a great music Mm -hmm. cue, Rolling Stones. We see some fog. (laughs) We see some gates open. And then we have our trilogy of witches led by 
Sarah Paulson. <laughs> and I immediately that little that little switch in my head clicked and I said, I'm in. I'm all yep. in now. He's got me. He knew what what I needed to see and it's happening. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like that's what he did with episode one. Everyone that I've spoken to was very kind of like put off with the beginning of the season because it's if if you do start watching this season alone and you didn't really watch the other seasons, you don't know it's going to just jump right in right there. And it did. And I know that, like, my roommate, she, there were certain times where she was like, wait, what did they say? I don't understand why this is happening right now. And I'd be like, well, there was this tiny little moment that if you looked away, you missed, and now you're clueless. And that was a lot of, like, this season. It was a lot of, like, seeing um, hidden secrets that weren't really hidden. They were like the Easter eggs. You were searching for answers the entire time throughout this season. And it was moments like you're talking about with the gates opening that really got people to stay. And I mean, I think that one of the biggest things that drew people in was bringing back Jessica Lange and Stevie Nicks being in the episode with Misty. And it was great. That's the best thing ever. Even though Stevie being there... Which her connection was that she was in the se- in Coven season because, of course, mm-hmm. she's the ultimate white witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan, as almost everyone I know is. So, True. Um, bringing her in was a positive, but it and but even though she has a connection to the Coven season, it still was a really random thing to drop in for like one song length of time. But I still loved it. I think that the uh, the the best part about like her just randomly showing up and everything was later on like at the end of the season that with the line of Misty's off gallivanting with Stevie throughout the country and that was like the one like th- like call line like callback to what had happened with Stevie just appearing. Yeah. But that's all we got really in context to like her being there. No one explained that. She didn't bring extra powers to anything. It was just <laughs> It felt kind of like Brian Murphy was like, what can I do that's going to excite everyone? Well. <laughs> it feels like she is for the witches, like when the Pope shows up somewhere yes. for everyone else. <laughs> it's like, oh, you called her. Oh, she's coming. Uh. That kind of thing. <laughs> Which is kind of how it is for me, too. If she showed up, she'd be my Pope. So. You're right, though. You're right. I mean. But I feel like this was a season to like a, a fan season by all mm. of the throwbacks. Um, I loved going back to Murder House even though we only got just a glimpse of Connie Britton, it, w- it felt nice to be back in that house and to have that activity going on. Um, it was great to see Jessica Lang as soon as she was coming down those steps and you hear that voice. I'm just like, whoa. I she like is- it. I like the way they went back to that because it gave us closure. It gave us closure on what actually happened with Murder House because when we left them, they were like, well, we just gave birth to the Antichrist and that was it. Like that right. was supposed to be our closure. But I like that they went back and they really gave the fans like, yes, she was pregnant with twins. The dead baby's still with him in the house. It's always going to be a little kid. Like Jessica Lange knew that it was actually Tate's son. And like, I, I like that they kind of showed us that they did figure everything out. And they gave us the closure of Dylan McDermott finally kind of being able to... You reconcile with Connie Britton. <laughs> and mean, do a lot of other things that were really weird. Okay, but that was his, that's been his character since day one, especially in season one. And, and even, like, think about in Asylum. His character was so weird. Mm-hmm. But, like, that he's really good at, like, playing that, like, macho man. But he's also really good at being so weird, but you just kind of accept it. Like, I really loved the way they brought all of that back together. 
And so we're left at the end of this season in like a time travel going back kind of warp to end <laughs> our villain, I guess, from this season or does it. So we don't really know. I don't know what's up with the next season that's coming up or I did read today that he has said the coven witches will be back, but it won't be next season. I don't understand why he's doing that when he was so against it to begin with. I think he's just trying to get people to still like this show because yeah. it was such a big thing. Like, I think that it really peaked the season of Hotel. Like, mm -hmm. the season of Hotel was the last time that I heard everyone talking about American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. And now he's just trying to get that same kind of, like, fan group going and... I th I like the fact that he keeps bringing back the same actors and stuff, and I I more enjoyed the fact that it wasn't always the same story and the same characters, but he keeps bringing back the same characters in some kind of way, and it's starting to get a little tired. Like, there's only so many times you can have the same witches fight the big bad. Not saying I don't love the witches because I love them and watch them in anything, but it's it's getting a little bit worn out. How much can he do with that? Yeah, what he really should just do is they are so popular and people look forward to them. And you know he knows that because he's teasing us now mm -hmm. and saying, okay, we'll get through next season and they're going to be back in the season after. <laughs> he should just do a spinoff of The Witches. Well, I think that the problem is right around the time uh, after Coven is when he launched Scream Queens with Emma Roberts. Right. And that was supposed to be like this big thing. And it pretty much flopped. Yeah. Fun fact, I was in an episode of Scream Queens because it's what? filmed in New Orleans. There, the oh. cafeteria scene where the girl is hitting the face with the tray, I was sitting at like a table with my back to them. Like I okay, was in are that you, scene. Are you visible in this scene? You can't see my face, you can see my back and that's about it, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm searching that up because I didn't, I tried to watch Scream Queens and I just could not get into it at all. And I... I don't know so, why I did. I think it was because... you're in it. Well, not, I didn't care. I didn't even know that I was going to do it. I was just in New Orleans at the same time they were filming, and I was like, okay, open casting call. Cool. But, like, it it was not a good show. It had funny moments. It had funny times. Like, And the cast, it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. But it was poorly executed and poorly done. And it flopped so hard that I don't think that the end of season two ever even happened. Like, I watched it till it, like, just stopped appearing. <laughs> and I don't know where it went. It's, like, somewhere in some wormhole. I've lost it. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. But I think that if Ryan Murphy does end up doing, like, a spinoff with just Coven, he needs to kind of restructure Madison's, like, story. Because the character that Emma Roberts played in Scream Queens is too close to what she is in Coven. And mm -hmm. that would just... It could very much so ruin the same way that Scream Queens did, which was sad because he did put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Well, we've left Madison, if unless I'm mistaken, she's back in hell now. Yes. Right. Um, I loved her hell, by the way, in retail. <laughs> I think that's everyone's hell. Like, even if you haven't worked in retail, you know what happens. Yeah, because you've been in retail as a customer and uh -huh. know that I don't want to do the other side of that You've unless seen I absolutely that mom. have to. You've seen yeah. that mom that's in there trying to return something that she's obviously used and ruined and yet she's fighting with you. Everyone's seen that woman somewhere. And like Black Fridays where like mm -hmm. people will punch each other and fight over a pair of pants. 
Those pants are going to be there come around Monday after Black Friday. <laughs> the pants aren't going anywhere. You know what the best part is? A lot of the sales that are like, you walk into a store and it's like, 30% off the whole store. You come back in like two weeks, that same stuff will be like 50% off. Like, they're just doing it to get the ad- like the sales ads out there. Like, a lot yeah. of the sales are better outside of Black Friday. But people Absol- don't realize that. <laughs> no, no, no. Because it's just this this hive mind kind of thing of oh the sales the the black friday i've got to go i have to oh a tv is only four hundred dollars right now i've got to get another tv yeah no we don't need it but we're getting off track um that's this whole podcast (laughs) i know we tend to do that that's what happens when you don't come in with a plan see we we come in that's what makes it good that's how you know you want to talk about something is it just comes out we hope so well (laughs) We were going to talk about another show, but I think we're just going to skip that because something even better came up. Something that I'm, I've thought about it so many times over the past two days. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. It makes me just question the world I live in. They've decided that the mission to Mars, I believe, correct? Mars. It's coming, coming up. NASA. Yep. The people that put people on the moon. <laughs> the people that created basically space travel along with the russians let's give them their credit scientists rocket science rock yeah like when people say well it's not rocket science hey it it is is. rocket science for them (laughs) well i'm gonna tell you what's not rocket science is they have decided that they don't the mission's going to be so long that if they put men and women together on the mission there will be sex so (laughs) the rocket scientists said hey guess what and I'm going to tell you this, no lady rocket scientist said this. <laughs> Male rocket scientist said, if we put just women on this ship, there'll be no sex. Fine. It's covered. It's not possible. It's not possible that these lady astronauts would in any way ever be able to have sex with each other. That's not possible. And they acted like that they just wouldn't have the thought. <laughs> or they wouldn't want know to. how. Well, I'm going to tell you, they didn't look at the photo of the four ladies that they <laughs> <laughs> chosen. Because oh. I can tell you right now, just from the looks, two of them, for sure, they're going to have a whole... If they have, Can they have U-Hauls in space? Because I think those possible. two are going to need them. What those do you mean? I think one. it should be, like, they should call it the Orbiter Orgy. Like, that's what should it should be called. And they'll just all be in one relationship and just, like, have fun. They're on Mars. Like... What more could they want? They got away from the men. They got away from people's judgments. It's mm-hmm. a great idea. But I don't understand how an entire like science-based company, all of these scientists got together and decided, if we put four women together for this long period of time, there's no way anybody's going to have sex. It's not possible. What were they thinking? Have they, they not, weren't. Have they not read the news in the past 80 years? <laughs> they haven't been on Twitter, I can tell you that. True. <laughs> the uh, Some of my favorite things this week have been reading people's uh, little one-liners and reactions to this news. Yep. <laughs> that uh, if you send four women into space, there'll be no sex. We did read, me and Tiffany last night took the minute to read an article about what they were talking about with the worry of sex. A female scientist said this. The reason that they're choosing to send all women is because there is not a possibility of someone getting pregnant. She didn't say them not having sex. She mm. said getting pregnant because 
being pregnant in space, nobody knows what's going to happen, and it could be really bad. So Worked out bad for that guy in Alien. <laughs> real bad. <laughs> yeah, he got real pregnant real fast. That's why they're not sending boys. It's obviously the boys that get pregnant. So, uh, but no, that's <laughs> that was their reasoning, but the way that it was stated in all the headlines was really dumb, and I don't know who who got to make that decision, but they need to be fired. <laughs> yeah, it that was definitely uh, unintended clickbait because as soon as we all read that headline, we were like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta see this. I gotta see why they think this is gonna." What happen. you say is, "Wanna bet? Wanna bet they can't?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's put some cameras on there and check in about halfway there. <laughs> see what's oh, happening. Oh no! So, so that's going on in the world of the world, and. <laughs> I read something here today that um, shook me to my core, really, um, in oh, terms no. of ce- in terms of celebrity gay gossip or queer gossip. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it seems that maybe there's some speculation, uh, and and again, we. I'm just gonna put this out there. We shouldn't be talking about people's private lives, but this really it just I couldn't believe it when I when I read it. And if it's true, I'm just like, oh boy, 20 gay teen is like trying to pack as much as he can <laughs> in at the end. I read oh, that no. there's a possibility maybe that Demi Moore is in a relationship with a woman. I have not seen that. My dad would be shocked. <laughs> He's in love with her. Like who who isn't in love with her? You're right. I mean, but like yeah. I've not heard this. Where did you find this tidbit, Fred Tell? Um, I don't know. It wasn't like one of the like bad like gossip thing. It was like a, a, a online, you know, not a BuzzFeed or not. It may have been auto straddle. Actually, okay. it may have been auto straddle. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I was just doing a, cl- a flip through today for some other stuff and mm-hmm. saw that at the end of another story. And I was like, oh, I'm clicking right here on this <laughs> to see what's going on. So, I mean, Demi Moore, I mean, goodness gracious, what will that woman do or not do? I mean, I don't know, but I'm having crazy, <laughs> I guess everyone's seen striptease at this point. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit verklempt right now. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it, but. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say is that I, I, you know, more power to her, whatever she wants to do. I don't care. I don't judge, of course, and I don't really even want to like super promote. But it just, I had to bring it up to you, and we, this is the first time we've spoken. I only read it a little while ago, and I was like, boy, oh boy, if there's something that I ever thought I wouldn't read, it was that. It was something I'm very glad to read. Um, the other thing is, Cam, um, what's her name? Chloe Moretz. Chloe Moretz. Why do I know that name? Uh, miseducation of Cameron Poe. Um, yeah, I, I'm Quorum. sorry. I, oh my God, uh, the girl that played Carrie. <laughs> Did she play Carrie? Chloe Grace Moritz, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. I see? didn't see Carrie, so. Oh, I loved that version. I love Julianne Moore so much. <laughs> like she's goals for me. She played the mom in Carrie, this newest one. I didn't see the newest one. I'm a lover of the original, and I get that. It, that may, that might have hit at a time when there were a lot of remakes or something, and I skipped over it. But um, it was if like Julianne Moore's in it, I, if Julianne Moore's in it, I might go back and give it a look. But um, she was in um, the Miseducation of Cameron Post, I think is what it's called. I just recently watched that. I think we're going to talk about it next week. Okay. She's been a person who has become has come out since making that movie and been very vocal in her LGBTQ support. And um, one, a thing that she had said was. 
I don't think you should ever question someone's sexuality like you don't know and so don't assume kind of thing, which I love. But I did read something today where maybe she's was seen out with, with a, a lady friend. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. I don't know, just found it weird that, you know, this was 20 gay teen, as we said in our finale show before. And True. it's like every day it is something else. You're finding out more and more people are queer in some way shape or form or they're opening up about their gender or they're just feeling more free to be open because i think that the reason 2018 has been pushed so far is that we're already at worst comes to worst what can mm-hmm. you do to someone now like mm-hmm. what's what's they're not scared anymore because we're living at rock bottom <laughs> it's not funny but i know it you... sounds bad but it's kind of true like yeah. I think about it this way. I live in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Think about who just got elected from Mississippi. I, know. I, I thought about you reading all of the uh, news reports about that woman. Uh-huh. And I thought about you on that day. And I was like... <sighs> I had a um, theater capstone class that the morning of... Um, the morning after uh, the election. And... In the theater department, we are all very vocal about our politics and about how basically just democratic and liberal we all are, including our professors. Like, the one professor gave us extra credit for just going to vote, which we all were going to go do anyways. And we all just kind of had to sit there in the classroom that next morning and be like, we all tried so hard. What Mm -hmm. happened? What What is going on with this world that that is what is deemed okay? And it was just this moment where even the professor had nothing to say and we just didn't know what to do because this is the reality that we're being, like, forced into living in because it's so hard to get out of Mississippi. Like, they stack it up so that even people outside of Mississippi don't want someone that has lived here. And yeah. it's not all of our faults. Like, the generation no. that I'm living in, the department I'm working in, like, we are not those people that want people like Cindy Hyde-Smith to be in power. But it's like no. we have no choice. And it was so hard just to make it through that day, like, because we all were just so disappointed in the world. Yeah, because, I mean, we we didn't have what we thought we were going to get with the uh, the blue whatever they wanted to call it. The blue wave. The blue wave on the midterms. But we did make strides. We did make progress. And it felt very hopeful for for a short time. It and did. so I thought, I had a little <laughs> bit of hope that maybe that race was going to end up some other way. We all thought that. We all in the department thought that as a whole. We were all so proud for the great things that had just happened, the changes that were already taking motion. And we were like, all right, this is going to be simple. This one's in the bag. Like, we all, like, went together and we were, like, voting and we were good. And then results came in that night. And I had just gotten off my shift of work. And it was just this, like, moment of... It was kind of, like, devastation because you really didn't expect what happened to happen. And Mm. it's just kind of surreal. Just kind of like with the whole presidential election. It kind of like, it knocks the wind out of you because you really don't believe that that's what's going to happen. And it does. And you're just like, well, oh shit, what do I do now? Yeah. We've all been thinking what we do now since the presidential election. Yep. And like I said, we had that little bit of hope that pop up and then we get knocked right back down to reality. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, I mean, the United States seems to be just a, my friend calls it a reality show now that we're we're in a reality show where 
anything goes and what how we thought things were and what we thought was decent and good and what we thought was evil and bad there's it doesn't matter anymore i'd like to have hope that we're in a reality show that's actually just punked and we find out that this whole thing has been a ruse and that we're all gonna be okay but you know that's just me trying to like neglect the true terror that we are living in (laughs) true terror Uh. All right, well, what else has happened? Have you got any observations from recently uh, in the world of gay or not gay? I don't know. It doesn't have to say. Uh, that's that's one of my missions with this season is to... Make it more general. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that uh, there's gay stuff in it. I mean, we're in the world, so there is gay stuff in it. So we could just talk about the world. True. Um, I want to talk about for a second. Have you watched the new Ariana Grande video for Thank You Next? You know... I didn't look at it until yesterday, actually. I saw all the Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande stuff and um, just kind of that whole little whirlwind and then heard about that video, how she dropped it like right after he had made, uh, used her, their relationship as like punchlines or a joke yes. or something. Else and a so tweet, I was a little, basically. Yeah, I was a little interested in it, but then the song started up and it's so goddamn boring. I just turned it off. Okay. Here's what I was about to say to, about that. I don't enjoy the song. No. But I enjoy the video. The actual video itself, I'm I'm big into YouTubers. Like that's I've been watching YouTube videos like devoutly like every day since I was twelve. Which is eleven years now of me watching YouTube videos. And like a lot of the people that were in this video were YouTubers. And like the the pregnant woman at the beginning. So wait a minute. She's uh, I heard something about that she's reenacting like mean girls. She and reenacted stuff like that. I think it was four movies it i know it was mean girls um bring it on 13 going on 30 legally blonde four fucking classics you've just named right there classics jennifer coolidge was in it so but you're saying that she had people who are youtube personalities portray some of the roles in the video yes okay i'll check that out and she also had like actors from those movies in it as well so it was like a bunch of people like you're getting to meet, but I, I really loved when I was growing up, Miranda Sings. I don't know if you know who that is, but she makes the really dumb singing videos on YouTube where she sings really bad, but it's this real woman named Colleen Ballinger and she mm-hmm. and Ariana and Ariana's family all grew up around each other, but she like Colleen's a big YouTuber and she just got pregnant like five months back. She's huge. And so in the video, she's the one at the beginning that's like, I heard that Ariana Grande was pregnant, so I got pregnant. Turns out (laughs) that it was a lie. And then you see her giant belly, and it cracked me up because it was, like, real life. And that was, like, I really appreciated, like, the subtle use of different YouTubers and different people from different medias all crossing over into this one major thing. And it was the most watched music video premiere ever on YouTube. Yeah, I saw that. I think that's the thing that led me to click through and actually mm-hmm. finally, you know, start to watch it. But like I said, you know, Ariana Grande, I like her voice. Mm-hmm. I think she's got a great voice. She's got a couple, that uh, Dangerous Woman song. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it that is. song. But some of the other stuff, like everybody's going crazy about that God is a Woman song. I don't like it. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> like it. I don't, I think that that maybe I only like that one song of hers. But what I really like is her Yep. When she was on Jimmy Fallon doing that wheel of voices and you have to sing a song in a certain style, 
like mm-hmm. you know like the hokey pokey in reggae or something like that <laughs> however they yeah. do it or yeah. as celine dion sings the hokey pokey yes. or something like that she can impersonate people when she was on snl as a guest host and musical person she did a little thing where she was the like like a satellite radio had broken down or something like that and she was one employee who could sing like everyone <laughs> and i would go see her in concert if she just sang other people's songs like that but I'm that's, not enjoying her own music. That's a thing. She used to be a YouTuber at the beginning of everything. She w- did not just start a music career or an acting career. She started no. by uploading videos. And she was very into impersonating people, like doing mm-hmm. impressions and like mm-hmm. singing covers and stuff. Like that's how she started. And yeah, I because really... you can you can tag those people then in the title of your YouTube and get followers. So that makes total sense. That's smart. I like that now that I know that about her. It it helped to kind of grow more people to like see who she was. And then she was on that show Victorious. And then she sang on that. It's a Nickelodeon show. She sang yeah. on that show. And mm. um, I lied. It wasn't Victorious. It was Cat and Sam. Cat and Sam was the name of the show. Anyways, but she got a start from YouTube to go to Nickelodeon. And then they found her voice there, really. And then she launched this music career. But I think that she should have stayed being just like a personality like you Mm -hmm. know like a celebrity personality because i really enjoy her as a person i like what she says i like the way that she acts and Mm -hmm. but i just for some reason i cannot get into her music my mom's bought me all of her albums for christmas because she thinks i like her because i said (laughs) how funny she is so you've got the full ariana grande collection i do (laughs) but i don't listen to it it just sits in a drawer like I've got all the CDs, like hard copy CDs. I don't listen to them. Are you still a person that will buy a hard copy CD on your own, or are you just streaming or downloading? 100%. I will go to a music store. We have a a T-Bones Records and Cafe up here. uh, It's right up the street from our house. They sell vinyl and CDs, and I'll go in there and look for, like, used CDs, and, like, I'll choose things based off of covers just to give it, like, a listen to find new music. Like, I love a CD. Yeah, you know, um, I was always a person who had tons of albums, tons of CDs. I still have tons of movies because I can't bring myself to get rid of, you know, DVDs or (laughs) Blu-rays. I'm sitting here looking at a huge shelf of them now that I... And Stacy will be like, "Hey, can we can we pare this down? Maybe make some room." And I'm like, "I don't know. I I want to be able to watch certain things when I want to, and just be able to go and pull them out. And I love the Criterion collections and those kind of things. But I was much easier switched over to not buying CDs and going, you know, digital and you know, keeping stuff as a on on uh, my computer and streaming, and especially with Spotify now." Now, I was opposed to Spotify for years and years and years. I was like, I have used my phone for phone stuff. I don't want to listen to music on my phone. I don't want to clog my phone up. I have an iPod. But then my <laughs> my beloved iPod got stolen. And I had like, I'd had it for like 12 years or something. And it had like almost 20,000 songs on it. Yeah. I had my custom playlists. I mean, it was, it was a, an extension of my. I get that. Of my body. But it got stolen. And so I was like, well, I'll just try this Spotify thing. And now I'm addicted to spotify and today everybody was putting out their best of 2018 spotify list because spotify i guess keeps all your info and compiles Mm -hmm. that for you gives it at the end of the year i got mine too (laughs) yeah and i see everybody posting these online and you know uh, they're putting up their stuff and it's like you know i know all these 
people that I'm friends with on Facebook and, and wherever that they're posting them. And I kind of know what they listen to. And a lot of the usual suspects had what I thought they would have on their lists. And it's a lot of people who listen to maybe a lot of metal or a lot of unknown music to me and all this cool stuff. And then I get my Spotify playlist, (laughs) my my top, my top one. And I was like, now, now mind you, I'm not a person that is ashamed of anything that I like. I do not believe in the term guilty pleasures. I just believe in pleasures. Yes. So it's not like I'm ashamed to put this online (laughs) at all, but my top list, it would probably surprise people if I were to post it up because I am a lover of the three minute pop song. Really? Yes. That's awesome though. (laughs) Does that surprise you? A little bit, but also like not at all because you (laughs) like to stay up with things that are current. Uh, Yeah, it's part of that, but I don't know. One of my main things is driving and music. I don't listen to as much music at home as a lot of people that I know because I'm a TV addict. So I'm watching mm-hmm. TV at home or movies or YouTube or something like that and working. But in the car, sometimes I'll just not have anything, any reason to go anywhere. I just mm-hmm. want to go listen to the music in the car. And there isn't anything I enjoy more than just a carefree pop song in the car, like hip hop even. Oh, that's <laughs> like, great. Like the Insecure soundtrack, the HBO show Insecure, there's four seasons now, I guess, of is it three seasons worth of songs on there. Music that I would have never listened to before, but the show exposed me to it. And so now it's heavy in my playlist, too. And people, if they like looked at me in the car and then like could hear what I was listening to, <laughs> they would be so surprised. But anyway, back to my <laughs> back to my uh, mine and yours top list. Like what what was your number one song? OK, well, here's the thing. I share Spotify with Tiffany. So our okay. Spotify is a combination of both of us. And I love that because her songs kind of annoy me and my songs kind of annoy her. So when we go on car trips, we can play this and it's like half and half. So my okay. playlist. Well, what kind of music does Tiffany like? Okay. Is she going to be mad if you talk about her music? No, I, I, because it's, it's everywhere. It's anything from like... Uh, Vanga Boys to <laughs> Man of Constant Sorrow. Mm-hmm. She, we had three renditions of that on the list today. Three different ones from three different artists. Um, <laughs> listens to a lot of Avenue Q over and over again, just the, the soundtrack of that. And a lot of like cranberries and stuff. So okay. it's, it's very much ranges everywhere. Now, I like a lot of early 2000s pop punk bands like the really oh scratchy like gets to you type of music <laughs> but i also really like um modern like almost edm type of youtubers music specifically people that are on youtube that make music i have a lot okay. of that on there so you'll be listening and you'll hear like Haley kyoko like you'll hear um curious and then it goes to the next song and we've got Man of Constant Sorrow. And then we go to the next song and it's like Fallout Boy, like from under the court tree album. And it's just like none of it really makes sense, but if you listen to it in the car together, you're like, Wow, yeah, this is us. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like and it's great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoy the playlist. That would be a great commercial for Spotify if you're listening, Spotify. Yeah. Totally. Hit us up. <laughs> yeah, is to um, show that, like, 
your Spotify playlist with your person that you, your significant other, if you share an account, can kind of create like you could see who people are and exactly. what a relationship is by based on the songs that each of them have because it's compiling a couple playlist. It really so. is. And it took no word from us. We just had to listen to music. And it's great. Because yeah. now we have that playlist that I told her tonight when we went to dinner, I was like, look, I was listening to this day- today, which it's really funny because it pops up on her phone when I'm using Spotify, so she could totally mess with me and change whatever song I'm listening to. She's done it while I'm listening to things, on, like, <laughs> while I'm working. So, but she, I told her, I was like, this is what I'm listening to. You should check out the list and see what it's like. And she was like, oh my god, and just started playing it. So now road trips are like a breeze i don't have to listen to her stuff constantly she doesn't have to listen to mine constantly we just sit and sing whatever's on (laughs) okay so you mentioned something there i want to ask is so if you share a spotify um she can log on at the same time you are and and like you said x stuff out and and switch the songs and do whatever yes. would it be great if they put a feature in there where it was like walkie talkie like she could talk to you then through that it'll be like you can't believe you're listening to this and like okay <laughs> change it over that's how it feels when it goes to a different song because i was straight up just listening <laughs> like jamming to my 2000s like pop punk music and then all of a sudden i'm a bee from Black Eyed Peas started playing in my car. And Tiffany says, do you like this one? Text me. And I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And so I was like, no, get this off my radio. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I could I could deal with that. Oh, it's uh, a lot I've... of fun, though. <laughs> Especially because you can connect it to our TV. And mm. so, like, she'll be playing something on it. And then I can push a button on my phone that takes the sound from the TV to my phone. So now it's just playing on my phone. And then she'll steal it back. So we'll just sit and play with it. Because it's a lot of fun that way. I guess you got to find some weird ways to have fun down there in Mississippi. I mean, huh? yeah. You, you don't get to go out and do things. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> well, the top song on my list for the year really has been the album I've listened to the most is Janelle Monet and the song Django Jane. Yep. So, I mean, that's me riding around and, you know, we got a new car this year. We got a Jeep Cherokee. It's all like dark and blacked out. There's no chrome on it whatsoever. It is. It looks like, you know, when the Secret Service rolls up somewhere in the car. So I'm in that car. I mean, just being my like super vanilla self that I am. (laughs) But I'm riding around in that car with Django Jane playing by Janelle Monae. And I know that the bass is so loud that everyone can like tell I'm listening to something crazy when I pull oh, up somewhere, <laughs> but, but that's the top oh. of my list. But then it goes on down, you know, and I've got other, well, I'm trying to look for some variety here on it, but I'm not seeing much. We've got Haley Kyoko, Me. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Haley Kyoko is on there a lot. Halsey is on there a lot. Um, oh boy, there's some more. There's Demi Lovato. <laughs> hmm. I think you could tell something about my list here. Uh, Yeah. I'm not probably not posting this list. <laughs> I mean, I definitely could send you a screenshot of mine. And, like, the first song is Tessa Violet from YouTube. She has a song called Crush. And it's about having a crush on someone and not knowing what to do because you're awkward as hell. And mm. I've listened to that 83,000 times. I don't know why. It just keeps playing on my phone. But the number two is Havana. Of course. Yeah. Now, see, that <laughs> wouldn't Havana wouldn't be my... Uh, one that I would choose, it would be the other Camila Cabello song, which I which think one? is um, Never Be the Same. Okay, that's a really good song too. Yeah. yeah, I like that better than Havana, and I feel like that that is like 
that's probably one of the best songs of the year. I've been looking at top lists on like Rolling Stone and all these different places of their top 50 songs of the year or whatever. And that one's been really high on a lot of them, which surprised me, but because I figured it would be the other way around. But it's that's a good song. I like her. I mean, I'm sure about that. Like, my problem is I don't listen to enough new music. I really enjoy like my older stuff. Like, it's just who I am. It's built in me, and I think it's because I, I'm able to listen to so much of the newer stuff constantly because I hang around people that are younger than me most of the time. So I can hear that stuff anytime. If I want to hear something that I enjoy, and I spend a lot of my time in my car because my office is my car with my job. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time listening to stuff, podcasts, TV shows, but music especially... I like to stick with something that I know it's fun. I have fun listening to it, and that's just what I do. But well, I'm that way with like the super older music, the classics. Like I love Fleetwood Mac, Stevie yep. Nicks, Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen. I, you know, but I'm older than you, so that. <laughs> but I don't hang around anyone that listens to the pop music that I listen to. Really? I mean, I don't. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if I posted this up, people would in no way believe that this was my. They would think this was like a 19-year-old person's top t- 20 funny. list or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but like I said, I, I, I'm not ashamed of it, but I don't want to be just... Here's what's, here's why I'm not going to post it. This yeah. is the true, honest reason I'm not going to post it. I don't want to be... I don't want to have to deal with those people that are come on, come on there and criticize the music that they haven't even listened to. They're yeah. just... They just want to be like Demi Lovato, blah, 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 bubblegum, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, have you listened to that girl sing? No, you haven't. She can sing. But on top of that, have you seen her? Exactly. It's the whole package. <laughs> I nearly lost my mind at the Demi Lovato concert. I, I went die. Stacy had to work, so I took my really good friend Mary, because mm-hmm. we both like a pop banger song, and I was like, hey, you want to go to Demi Lovato? She was like, when? Yes, let's go. And we had the time of our lives there, and then she went to the back of the arena. There was a bed set up back there. At the back. Of course, this part. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Well, number one, it was one of the gayest concert experiences I've ever been to in my life. I mean, they had the kiss cam go up, but mm-hmm. she put it almost exclusively on two guys the whole yes. time. <laughs> and then she went to the back of the arena, and there was a bed all in white. And then she came out all in like a white, like, it looked like a one-piece bathing suit thing, but then she had like a white silky robe on over it. And she got on the bed and was singing. And then th- in the midway in the song, Kilani, who opened for you her. You were there for that? Yes. Are you... F- <laughs> screws my French. Are you fucking kidding me? You were there for that? I watched that video for weeks, man. Like, it, it just kept playing in my head for weeks. Because that's the gayest ass shit ever. Oh, yeah. Kalani comes out and then kind of surprises her from around the side and then the riding on each other and the nuzzling up into the neck was happening and people were losing their mind in the in the arena. It was great. With good reason. I even made a meme. I made a meme the next day with the picture of them and then I put that picture of SpongeBob where he's like, can't breathe and he's holding himself up on the wall. And I said, I said, me last night at the Demi Lovato show. With that picture. <laughs> oh my god, that's beautiful. Oh god. That moment, like, I really feel like that helped to kick off 2018 in a great way. Like, it oh, yeah. did. Yeah. 100%. Oh my god. 
Yeah, that was that was good. And then, like I, s- I mentioned to you in a previous episode, the Harry Styles show um, with him with the rainbow flags, and they gave out the rainbow flags to everyone that was waiting in line outside because it was in Pride Month and everything. So yeah, those were two really gay concerts, really queer concerts that I went to that were awesome. But back to Demi Lovato, she's <laughs> she's in she's in my Spotify top a couple of times. Um, but but I was saying I don't want to post it because I'll say it here amongst with you and, and the listeners of this podcast, but I'm not going to put it on my Facebook because there's going to be those two cool for school people that are just going to shit on it. And I'm like, man, it, it's a shitty time right now. If you can like drive around and listen to like a thumping good song for a little while and forget about shit, why not do it? I agree with you. I mean, I saw... I saw on Facebook last night, there's this guy I go to school with. He was in Michael's shopping for something, you know, just for the holidays. And he was like, why are they playing? No, I lie. Not Michael. Sam's Club. Both boys' names. Either way. Um, <laughs> they were playing the Pitch Perfect soundtrack in its entirety. And he was like, why are they playing Pitch Perfect in here? That's so over. And I was like, no. It's because it's iconic and we all stand for it. Like, yes. because it's such a good album. I get that, like, everybody listened to it at one point, and it's like, it's dead now. Like, no. It's a good album. Like, they, the actors and the singers perform really well, especially in that album. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't be okay listening to that. I don't know why people feel the need to shit on other people's likes. And if it seems popular, then that just means that you're not cool enough. Like, that's so dumb. Why can't people just be allowed to enjoy whatever they want? Yeah, I always say that I'm 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 so uncool. I mean, I like <laughs> me what I like. I like what I like. I don't care if you like it or not. You're not going to talk me out of it. And you're not going to shame me out of it. Um, I try not to do that to other people. There are some people, you know, I, with me, my family, my friends, we kind of have a real sarcastic, like, sly, shitty kind of sense of <laughs> humor. So we will crack on each other, but that's like all meant out of affection or whatever. Um, but I, I don't, I try not to like super shit on people, other people's um, likes or dislikes because there's something for everybody. If somebody likes it, there's some sort of merit to it, you know? I agree with that 100% because I, I think that I feel that way with talking to people and like if they like things because most of my life, anytime I liked something, my dad was so quick to make fun of it or like degrade it or make me feel stupid about it or anything. And so I like made that choice when I was younger. I was like, I'm not going to let people make like make me feel like that. And I'm not going to make other people feel like that. Because if you like something, there's something in it that is helping you. There's there's a reason that you like it. Like there's just yeah. something there. So why why do people feel the need to do that to others? Yeah, because if somebody <clears throat> likes something, there's obviously something reason they're connecting to it. Mm-hmm. And I have really odd and unexplainable reasons why I connect to things. And I don't want to have mm-hmm. to validate them or whatever. I just, I mean, of course, if somebody really wants to sit down and talk about something, I love nothing more than talking about music, movies, and TV, as you can see. Um, Ding. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So I'll get into that convo with you. If you really want to break down, you know. Demi Lovato let's let's you know let's sit down and talk about Demi Lovato but you don't want to do that you want to say that you just because it's pop and wherever she came from out of Disney or or whatever and that that there's no merit there and I can tell you that that night at that show there was a lot of merit for a lot of people (laughs) not just her and Kalani on the bed (laughs) 
there was something else there. There's a reason for it, but that was a really good reason too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. What else we got going on? Um. We'll see. Winona Earp's not on right now. I did, however, go back and rewatch season one and two again, and I finally got my girlfriend to kind of like pick up on some of the things because she doesn't watch a lot of TV. But she finally picked up on it and, like, picked up on what Montanita really is all about. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And we were talking about, uh, I don't remember what we were talking about the other day, but every time that there's a joke, I restate it to her to make sure she heard it, and then she'll start watching the show again. And it's really great. So. Oh, you mean like how they have the really quick one-liners yes. and the stuff that references things? Yeah. Yes, because if, she's very if, into the history of it. So. Yeah. If you're um, not actively watching Winona Earp, you will miss a lot of stuff. It's mm-hmm. easy for it to become a show that people would just put on and gloss over and be like, oh, this is already over. But if you're really actively watching, which I think you have to with that show. Um, now, I've put it done like you and rewatched it and put it on and done a bunch of other things with yep. it. But usually I have to like pay attention or you will get lost with that show if yeah. you don't. But yeah, I did see where you were rewatching that. Um, I'm trying to think if I've... Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Do you watch Atypical on I've Netflix? watched some of it. I told you I just had started it. I've watched maybe two episodes. I just... The only reason I was watching Winona Earp again is because I needed something that I'd seen playing while I was writing my final papers this past week. So I haven't had time to watch a lot of movies or TV shows that I haven't seen. But what is it about Atypical that you like? Here's what I like about Atypical. It deals with a family... Um, the mother and the father, a son, and they have a son who was diagnosed at, I think in the show, maybe he was three or four as autistic, as being on the spectrum. And they had, um, then they have a, they had a daughter after that. So she was maybe like one or something when that happened. There's a couple of years difference in them. And so it's really, we hear this, you know, we follow the story of how this family deals with the autistic son and how they've centered their whole lives around him. Well, he is now a senior in high school and has kind of decided that he is wants to be more independent he wants to do things like get a girlfriend mm-hmm. um it's hard to explain but it's like uh, the, the the main guy in it says the things out loud that a lot of us if we said them out loud people would just think that we're like crazy or you know yeah. something wrong with us or whatever are <laughs> in he his in and with like like that i have noticed with some people that I've encountered who are somewhere on the spectrum. He his internal monologue is he's just saying it yes. out there. And there's something so refreshing about that in this show. But we also get um the story of what it's like for other people in the family, the mother and the father and how it's affected their whole relationship. And then there's the issue of the sister and how her the whole family revolves around the brother. And so like what's her role in that? And Michael Rapaport is fantastic as the father and he's uh i don't know if you ever watched copland the movie with sylvester stallone yeah he's the guy in that okay Um, okay yeah yeah and he hasn't done a ton of things he's had some tv shows or whatever but he's really really good in it um but then when the second season i didn't watch it until the second season was already over and i watched it because uh on twitter natasha negavanlis put up a tweet that said (laughs) Uh, it had it's one that she posted with the picture of her her own picture winking, yep. <laughs> which everybody got going about. But she said, watching the second season finale of Atypical and Casey don't answer that, don't hit 
no, hit decline on that call is yes. what she said. And so then I was like, what the heck is she talking about? And I looked up the show and I was like, oh, okay. I've seen this on my Netflix, but it didn't yep. look interesting. But now I'm going to check it out. And so I watched the whole thing and uh, I've actually watched it back again with Stacey. I had her watch it. So anyway, there is, of course, gay stuff in it. Yes. <laughs> so that comes around to gay stuff in it in the second season. Um <laughs> Everyone, I think you would really enjoy it, and I bet Tiffany would like it too. But I'm just going to put the word out there into the to the ozone of this podcast listenership that it's. I don't know if it's been renewed for a third season or not, but it's a really quick watch. They're half hour episodes. There's two seasons on Netflix, and I think that if you're into the gay stuff in it or not, it's still just a really really good show. And I hope it comes around for more seasons. It sounds really interesting. I really enjoyed uh, the dynamic of getting to learn about like families that. Um... There is, like, a child with a disability and, like, a learning disability or any other type of disability. You know, disability hits kind of hard with my, like, my life and what Mm -hmm. I personally go through a lot with my family. And so I think that might be a reason that I've kind of stayed away from it is because I know what it feels like to have a person that has to be, you know, like, with the sister's feeling. To always have a person that, but you still focus. Exactly. You still want to be able to take care of that person as well. And I do, I do want to finish watching it, but it very much reminds me of that show Parenthood that used to be on. <laughs> One of my favorites. I loved that show. The yeah. little boy Max was also on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I loved the portrayal of his the, like character so much because I, at the same time, was teaching preschool back then. And there was a little boy that was my favorite little boy, and he was on the spectrum. And he had anger management issues. Mm-hmm. And none of the other teachers would take the time to just, like learn about how to handle that and so they would try to punish him by making him sit still and be in this corner or they would hold on to him and that it was bonkers the way that he would just go crazy and it just took like two seconds of me being there to be like hey i understand that this is what's going on but we just need to talk it out and like it was Mm -hmm. this learning curve with him and getting to see that like displayed in a show meant a lot when i watched parenthood so Mm -hmm. i think that Watching Atypical is going to be a good thing for me. It's just the fact of I have to get there and I have to yeah. buckle down and watch a thing. But I'll get there because I have all of Christmas break to play video yeah. games and catch up yeah. on things and work. But Side note on Parenthood. In my previous life as a rock poster designer, um, mm-hmm. a lot of our work would get uh, requested by TV shows and movies to be mm-hmm. set decoration. And in Parenthood, Hattie, the daughter... Um, I have two or three posters hanging in her room in that show. Oh, that's so cool. I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, and then the brother of the other uh, family, uh, Lauren Graham's son. Dylan. In his school. Yeah, Dylan. In his, <laughs> um, in his locker, If he, when he opens it up, there's uh, two of my posters for the Hold Steady are hanging in there. God, that's so, so cool. <laughs> the fact that that show has been over for so long and I can name every single character, like, yes. that tells you how good that show was. Like, I remember watching this very series finale with my family. My mom was just crying her eyes out everywhere. And I'm sitting there just like, I don't cry. I'm tough. It's fine. And, like, it was such a good show. That show, every week at the end, they would hit a perfect musical cue. And something emotional was happening every week. If it, it was, it was like if you wanted to cry, just sit down and watch Parenthood. I had other people who would be like, "I can't watch it because I don't want to cry every week." And yep. I'm like, "That's my perfect show. I'm that attached to those people that I'm bawling my fucking eyes out over 
shit that I don't... It's just a TV show. But that's why people have seemed to get so attracted to This Is Us. It's the same yeah. concept. Every week you're going to cry. Yeah. It's something about, like, people... People as a whole need um, to be able to purge their emotions through entertainment. Like, that's something that I learned about recently in theater history. We were talking about um, purging dramas. Purging Mm -hmm. dramas are, or clarification dramas. Basically, it's where you get to feel out the most intense emotions while watching a show. And that's Mm -hmm. something that was very, um, like, it was new back in italian renaissance phase that's when it first came about and then it really became popularized in the roman theater world and so it was a big thing that whenever something was going wrong with politics or um if there was a fight between the churches there would be a new like purging drama that came out that pushed people to go and see and just cry and be angry and i think that yeah. that's something that we still do with tv shows like this is us like parenthood like Grey's anatomy like that's you need those things to be able to bring forth this stuff just don't even get me started on Grey's anatomy girl we could have four episodes based off of it <laughs> we absolutely could i have stuck with that thing me too. I'm, I'm the only person in my family that stuck with it i it's appointment tv for me those are my people I'm, I feel like I'm at home at that hospital. I know everything and everyone. I'll still put it on. Like, I'll watch it that next morning. Yes. After it's, after it's aired. And Stacy will generally be in there. And, and she'll, she gets caught up every time with every Tiffany episode. Tiffany does too. She doesn't like it. She never watched it before we started dating. But now she'll sit and she'll be like, so what's happening with Alex? And I'm like, well, blah, 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 blah. And it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I'll have to like fill her in, which I have to pause because I can't just say it in enough like quickness that I won't miss things so I, and it ends up being this I'm like you should just really go back and rewatch this and then I realized she'd have to watch like nine seasons to exactly. get back up from where she stopped at but I love that damn show I hope it goes on forever but what cannot go on forever is this podcast we're at about an You're hour right. and right. yeah we I want to try to keep that as our sweet spot this this season so that uh, we can stay on schedule my editing can stay on schedule and we can keep things coming out because I've had a few people already say when's the next one coming out Mm -hmm. after after the end episode of season one so I want to kind of do it weekly and I think you're done with school for a little bit now until about January 20th so oh we should be able to record weekly then I'm gonna drag you in make you record every week (laughs) I'll let you know what my work schedule is and we'll be fine the only week that might be a problem is like Christmas but yeah, yeah. I've got a uh, another podcast to record that I'm a guest on uh, during Christmas week, where I have to do my top ten TV shows of 2018. So that's good luck. Gonna be, I know I, ten is pe- not enough. As soon as um, I start thinking about it, I get anxious, and I, I'm like, "How am I going <laughs> to get it into ten? How am I going to get it into ten? And then I start into the hierarchy of like, "Okay, well." But this, and then I'll say like Killing Eve, and then I'll pull up another, and I'm like, okay, but it's a totally different kind of show, and can I even put these on the same list? And yes. I need to get my medic, I have to get my medication and sit girl, down, girl, and good work luck. on this. I get know. your get your medication and just like strap yourself to the chair and be like, all right, we're doing this. We're not leaving till we get it done. Like this is happening. And the other thing is there'll be two other people doing their lists and we're going to go round robin like I'll do my 10 and they'll do their 10s and then we kind of talk about them. So they're going to shit talk my shows, but that's okay. Oh, that's great. I've decided that this Christmas I'm going to quiz my family to or no, actually, I'm doing it this weekend for my birthday. I'm making up quizzes to find out who knows the most about the shows that I watch and about the things that I talk about to see who my who in my family really knows me, including Tiff. 
Just to okay. see who knows. Bring that stuff with you. <laughs> Hang on to it. We're going to have to talk about that All on right. the podcast because, yeah, I would. I, that's a good idea. I need that's to what do I'm that. Doing with, Sunday. I need to do that with some people. Okay, so I think we have homework. I have watched so far The Miseducation of Cameron Post. I have watched Lizzie mm-hmm. and I have watched Colette. Okay. Which are three movies with all sorts of gay stuff in them. Uh, all sorts of things to talk about. I think you're going to watch those before next week if you can, can fit them that. in. And we're going to come back next week and talk about those three um, gay lady movies. Okay, I'm here so. for it. All right, I'm here for it. That's it. I'm here <laughs> for it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.